So this morning uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, just living our life in general, I guess you could say. The title of the New Life Living Day to Day, but it's so much more than that. Um, there's a lot going on in our society, in our world today. Uh, good is becoming evil, evil is becoming good. There's a lot of lines being crossed. There's a lot of blurring going on. And you guys have heard me use the term worldview in the last uh, couple times. And I just want to want to clarify something on that, that when we look at how people view the world, it's called a worldview. When we look at uh, Jesus and we look at Christ and what God did for us and the gift of him and what he did for us on the cross, it's not a worldview. It's a way of life. Being a Christian or being a follower and a believer in Christ is not a view. It's a way of life. It's, it is life because God is living. He is alive. He's alive in us. His work is alive. And everything about God and everything about God's gift in Christ Jesus is alive. It's not just a viewpoint. It's not a religion. As we talked about last week, it's a relationship with the Almighty who created all the heaven and all the earth and every star and every universe and every galaxy. We have an intimate relationship with that God because he wants it with us. And it's a beautiful thing. We have it through his gift in Christ Jesus. And so today I want to talk about this new life that we have in Christ Jesus, this, this life that we have. And a lot of times um, it's hard and we don't fully grasp and we don't fully understand what it means to live in and through Jesus because we're so confused with the way we've always lived our life or the way we've grown up living our life. And then God's word is saying, well, you know, do this or do that. And it's not so much a, a point of doing. Like we read it that way. That's the way we see it. It's not so much a follow point A, B, C, D, and, you know, you get to go to heaven and everything's right. It's a relationship. God pulls on us all in different ways. And he's pulling upon our hearts and he says, you know what? I'm going to show you how to live your life through me. Through me. I'm going to show you how to live your life. Now, the verses I want to read today are in Colossians. And if you want to read any letters that Paul wrote that really emphasized the Christian life, the life of a follower of Christ, the life of a believer, you uh, can find them in Colossians and you can find it in Ephesians. Those are probably the two best letters to read that really fully just break down the life that we have in Christ. And I'm going to start at chapter 3, verse 1. And I'm going to skip around some other scripture today, but this is the heart of the scripture. It's Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 1. And Paul writes, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on these things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members, which are on the earth. And these things are fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covenants, which is idolatry. Because these things are the wrath of God. I'm sorry, because these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. 
in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are put off of all these things, things like anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy and filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, slave nor free, but Christ is in all, and I'm sorry, Christ is all and in all. I'm going to pause there for a second. When we read this list, it sounds like a bunch of do's and don'ts. And that's, that's how it's reading. And I want to clarify a few things. First, look at verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Christ is a new life. We're, we're being set apart from uh, our old selves, um, our fleshly desires, our fleshly things in this life. And I want you guys to realize, as I talk about these things, I'm not speaking them as a preacher who's standing up here saying, well, I do these things, so therefore you need to. Let me tell you, I struggle with just about everything that we're going to read and talk about today. We all do. Okay? So for me to say, I don't struggle with this, and neither should you, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Jesus is the only one that's going to keep us from being able to struggle over time. And it's a growing process. You know, we don't just say, Lord, you know, I surrender, I give my life to you, and we don't struggle anymore. That's not true. But we don't struggle as much. And as each day goes by, and each day we live in Christ, and we give our lives to him, and we say, Lord, I trust you more than I trust myself. And I trust you because you created me, and I have this new life in you. We struggle less and less and less, and we become more Christ-like. Hence the word Christian. It's where it came from. It's because they, they talked about the early church, and they said, oh, they're Christ-like. And that's part of growing in Jesus. So when we read these things and when Paul is writing these things, know that he's not saying, I don't do any of these things, therefore you shouldn't either. Because if we even went back to Romans chapter 7, Paul writes about how he struggles and how he hates his sin and how he does things that he doesn't want to do. Because they don't glorify God. We all have struggles. We all have things that we face each and every day. This list that we're reading, and then the list that we're going to have that is basically the fruit of what Jesus gives us in our lives, is showing us, just like the law, wrong and right. Things that are, are bad, things that, are, that we're to you know, work on dying to, uh, to not want to live that way anymore, and things that we do want, that we find in Christ, that we can't have in Christ. Um, it's, it's all about having this mind of Christ. And Paul writes that. He says, set your mind on, on things above and not on things of the earth. That verse right there sets the stage for this entire scripture that we're reading. And that's why we have these lists. Is he's showing us, set your mind on Christ. This, when your mind is on these other things that I'm going to list off here, they're not on Christ. And we get distracted and we're pulled away from God. And we're not fulfilling and living in this new life that he's given us. We're, we're like hanging on like to this anchor that's dragging us back to this old life or whatever it may be. It's kind of like Peter um, when he walked on water. You know, Peter was able to walk on water because of Jesus. 
And there he is, he's walking on the water, and all of a sudden, he hears the wind. And he gets splashed in the face by the waves, and he starts looking around, and, and he gets terrified, and he starts to sink. It's the same thing that Paul's talking about here. Peter took his mind and his eyes off of Christ. And so Paul is giving this, this list of things that will take our minds off of Christ and things that will put our minds on Christ. And that's what this whole scripture is about. It's where our minds and our hearts and our souls lie. It's that verse right there. Most important commandment in the Bible. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And when we do that, we truly put our minds and our hearts and our souls in Christ, then we're able to live the life that is Christ each and every day. Not saying we're not going to struggle. Not saying we're not going to run into problems. Not saying we're not going to have hard days. I was just telling Ash the other day, I had a really hard day the other day. I, just, I, just, I was spiritually having a horrible day. I was just really in a rut. I wasn't hearing God. I wasn't, I wasn't able to uh, pray and talk to Him. I just... I just felt very within, withdrawn. And we all, we all go through that. We all struggle like that. And it doesn't make me less of a Christian. It doesn't make me a bad follower of Jesus. No, I mean, it's who we are. We have to be honest with each other. It's all about being humble and being meek. And we're going to get to those things. Um, so, looking at this list that I just read, and I know it sounds very doomsday-ish and very down like, oh, don't do this, don't do that. And a lot of that comes from, again, the world and society has, you know, uh, put in our brains that the Bible says don't do this. God's going to punish you. It's not about that. Remember, it's about having your mind on the right things, on the world or on Christ. And so Paul gives a little mini list, and it is a mini list, because let's face it, we could go on forever about all the things that can distract us. You know, he talks about fornication outside of marriage. He talks about being unclean. He talks about following our passions and desires. Because let's face it, we know our emotions can deceive us a lot. It's part of our flesh. So when we follow these worldly passions and desires, our mind is now focused on these passions and desires and fulfilling them. They're not on Christ. Covenants, you know, uh, wanting what somebody else has. You know, that, that's in the Ten Commandments. It was one of the original laws that God gave us. And again, he gave us those laws, not so Jesus did away with them, but they were fulfilled in through him to show us right from wrong. You can't do the laws on your own, but in Christ, you can live that life. And when you don't follow those laws, you are forgiven. Your slate is wiped clean when you repent and you live in Christ. And that's a beautiful thing. That's the fulfillment of the law. Is that we can still come before God and be in his presence, even though we are still filled with sin. Because through Christ, we are washed clean. By his blood, we are washed clean. And we can have that relationship with God. And so Paul even continues on. Uh, he talks about idolatry, which we, we've talked about lots of times. It's anything that we worship. You know, if we worship money, then money is idolatry. If, and, you know, saying, for instance, if money is the reason why you make your decisions based on your finances, well, then it's probably something that you worship. If you choose to, you know, live 
luxurious when you have a lot of money and then you choose to make other decisions and get specific jobs when you don't have money or whatever. If money is controlling your thoughts and it's controlling your actions and it's controlling your decisions, well, then it's something we worship. And that's idolatry. And again, Paul is listing this because he says, have a mind of Christ, have a mind on heavenly things. Who are we worshiping as we go through our day? Are we worshiping Jesus? I, caught, I catch myself all the time, and I've been working so hard on this, and I still, uh, I slip and I fall all the time where I'll go for hours and I won't even think of him. And I go, what am I doing? I've been thinking about this, I've been thinking about that, and I've been doing this, and I've been doing that, and I haven't even thanked God once in like the last five hours. And how many times has he stepped in and has he helped me, and has he guided my thoughts and my words, and has he protected me from something just in that last five hours? Whether it be me driving on the road and, you know, almost forgetting to stop at a stop sign or missing somebody else who forgot to stop at a stop sign. It could be a million things. And when we have that mind of Christ and we walk through, and no matter what we're doing in the world, our mind is still saying, you know what, thank you, Lord, for getting me to the store safely. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the finances to buy this food for today. Thank you, Lord, for getting me back home safely. Thank you for waking me up today, that I feel good, that I'm able to walk and get around. Thank you, Lord, for all the blessings. Lord, help me with the things I'm struggling with. That's worshiping Christ and having a mind on him. And we all struggle with that. And then verse 9, Paul even goes on further and he says, you know, that we, uh, that we don't lie to one another. We put off the old man. Um, down in verse 12, uh, he, he talks about, uh, starts to talk about the things then that we uh, can have in that mind of Christ. Things that we are to seek out, to, to walk in faith, to find. And Jesus, he shows us how to live in these things, in this list that we're going to read. He shows us um, how to accomplish this, because it's nothing that we can do on our own. And so Paul says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. We look at this list, tender mercies. Mercy, what, when we give our life to Christ, He just showers us in mercy because our entire past, anything that we've done, He says, I forgive you. I still love you. Doesn't affect the way I love you. Your wrongs do not affect the way I love you. When, he, when we do it in a repenting and humble heart through Christ, He says, I give you all the mercy in the world. No matter what you screw up, I still love you, and I'm going to keep drawing you near to me. Kindness, courtesy, manners, respect. Meekness, having a gentle, open heart. Humility in mind and in heart. Long-suffering, that's patience. You know, waiting upon the Lord. Bearing one another, forgiving one another. All these things, these are great, amazing qualities that we have because of God. He gives us all our gifts. He gives us all our talents. He gives us all our emotions. We were created in His image. And remember when 
Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, it was of good and evil. We have good and evil in us. And so to accomplish these things, so yes, sometimes we can be compassionate, sometimes we can have weakness, sometimes we can have humility. You could even argue that you could do it on your own sometimes. That's great. But to live a true life, one I think that we would all want to live, you don't want to just do these things sometimes. Because a lot of times we struggle to do things, and I can say this from my own personal walk, you know, I did not live in Christ for so many years, and I would thought I was a good person. You know, I thought I would, you know, had good humility. I was humble, and I thought I could be meek, and I thought I could be kind. But the problem was, is that when a specific situation would come into play or a specific circumstance, all these things were thrown out the window, and no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't accomplish being that person couldn't do it. That's because I didn't have Christ. We can't, just like the law, we can't do it on our own. It's only in Jesus that we can truly live a life of tender mercies, kindness, meekness, humility, long-suffering, and forgiving. Um, and even to reiterate this point further, uh, Pastor West talked about this last week, the, the fruit of the Spirit. And we find that in Galatians chapter 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Well, let me tell you something. I have no self-control my own. I do to a certain point. But again, give me a specific circumstance, give me a specific situation, and I am liable to lose my self-control. That's me. That's my human self. It's my human nature. You say, oh, it's in my nature. Yeah, that's the flesh. To live that life in Christ, we die to that flesh. We die to that old man, that old nature. And through Christ, I have learned self-control. He's taught it to me. I have self-control in my life now that I didn't have it 10 years ago. Why? Because Christ has taught it to me. He's transformed my mind. Like Romans 12, too. He has transformed my mind, transformed my heart, transformed my soul. And even if we read further on here in Galatians, it says, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Through Christ, we're able to crucify, die to these things of our flesh, these old passions, these old desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Go back to Colossians, verse 14. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. You walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, put on the things of love, which is God, the fruit of the Spirit. It is a bond of perfection. What does a bond mean? Bond means something you're bonded to. When we bind ourselves to Christ, or like he says in Matthew, Jesus says himself, yoke yourself to me. It's no different than binding. Yoking and binding, it's the same terms, same definitions. When we yoke, when we bind ourselves to Christ, then these other things, they won't hurt us. They can't damage us. They can't influence us. Instead, we have peace and rest, like Jesus said. 
We have the fruit of His Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, self-control. That is the life I want to live. I don't want to live the life where I lost control. I don't want to live the life where I was kind sometimes and then I felt guilty and regretful for the times that I wasn't kind. I couldn't function like that on my own. But Christ allows us. He gives us that to be able to. And not saying that we don't struggle with it. I still struggle with being angry. I don't know who doesn't. But that's one of my struggles. And that's I used to be a very angry person. <laughs> you would not have recognized me 15 years ago. Oh man, I would be willing to fight you in a heartbeat. I love to fight. That's not who I am now. Why? Because God is transforming. But I still battle those demons of anger. They still try to fight their way out in me. And so I have to continue to seek Christ. And He will, as He has done with all the other things in my life, help me to overcome them and help me to transform. It's a walk. It's a growth. Verse 15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. We have our mind on Christ. We've been given a list of things that will take our mind off of Christ. We've been given a list of things that is Christ. And Paul is writing, he says, let the peace of God rule your hearts. Will you surrender each and every day your heart, your mind, and your soul to Christ or to the world? If we do it to Christ, then we let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Because God is peace. He is rest. He is perfect and He is holy. This world is not and it never has been. We know that since the fall. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Let it dwell in you richly in all wisdom, in all teaching, and in all admonishing of one another, in psalms and in hymns, excuse me, in spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and Father through Him. Let the Word dwell deeply in us. His Word, God's Word, will guide us, give us wisdom. It'll transform us. It'll teach us. And then in all that we do, do it in Him, through Him, in His name. Give thanks to Him that you're able to do these things now and give glory to Him because it, it all belongs to Him. We couldn't do any of it on our own. So in closing today, I want to I read a psalm just like Paul recommends. And in this psalm, um, it glorifies God and it tells how amazing God is. It's good to be reminded on how good God is. What are we putting in our minds? What are we putting in our hearts? I know it's a sermon for another day. But think about it. Are we, are we filling ourselves in the, when we're out in the world? Are we strengthening ourselves with things of God? His music. There is so much music out there today. I don't care what genre you like. There is Christian music to go along with it. From alternative to heavy metal to country to bluegrass to gospel to hip-hop to rap. You'll find it. It's a pretty cool day and age where every genre, genre you can find 
Christian music, Christian movies, from action to uh, sob stories to uh, dramas to suspense. There's Christian movies. There's uh, podcasts and sermons and tons of free stuff all over the internet. Movies and glory. What are we filling our hearts and our minds with? God has given us his word and it is in his songs. It is in these songs. It is in these uh, songs that we have today which are de derived out of psalms, out of his word. It's in these things and it keeps reminding us. It keeps filling us with him. So Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all other gods, for all the gods of the people are idols. But the Lord has made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give to the Lord, O families of the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. And he shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the field be joyful in all that is in it. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. For he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness. Righteousness. And the people with his truth. His truth. His truth. It's all real. It's all true. Worldviews have views. Views of other things, perceptions, lies mixed with truth. It's all true. It's all real. God is real. God is alive. Jesus going to the cross is real. Being forgiven for our sins is real. It's not a story. It's not a philosophy. It's not a feel-good thing. It's truth. Truth. Truth and reality. Praise God for all his glory. Praise God.